Episode 172, Frog Spit, Chapter 2, Part 2. This is Retirement Talk. I'm Del Lowry. Difficult times in Sweden and Mormon missionaries come together in this chapter around 1900. An immigrant's road to America takes form. This is the second chapter of Jackie Spink's memoir, Part 2. If you've missed some of the chapters, you can find them in the Retirement Talk archives or on Jackie Spink's page. Brita's family did own a small plot of land, and she was trying to save up to buy a small piece, too. But if their lives proceeded as it had, well, it would be one thing after another, and they would grow old never having saved up any money to buy that plot of land. Then the missionaries visited Brita. Both Lars and Brita were young. They had married when Brita was 18 and Lars 22. She was timid, polite, and dividend on the surface. Brita sat with downcast eyes when the missionaries paid their call. She'd been expecting them, so everyone was dressed in their best. Brita worked at home as a seamstress, sewing when the kids were down for their nap and during the evening, when they were asleep. Lady Samoria said she preferred Brita's work to the seamstresses in Stockholm. Brita shyly peeked up when the missionary spoke directly to her, never knowing when attention was called for. She behaved with dividends to everyone until she knew them well. Her three daughters, Laura, Adina, and Selma, as I already told you, my mother, lined up behind her. The boys, Walter, Waldemar, and Wilfred, were outside, pounding, digging, chopping, and piling rocks. The little girls clutched rag dolls, their eyes wide, their hearts pounding, concealing their faces behind their hands, peeping out between their fingers. Nothing so exhilarating had ever come into their routine and arduous lives. Watching when they dared, they nervously giggled at the men's bad Swedish At night, curled up together for warmth in their straw cribs, the kids discussed details of the exotic foreigners, and when one would doze off, another would remember something they hadn't discussed, and the dozing one would be jerked awake. Did you notice their eyes? They were brown. Wasn't that strange? Nobody has brown eyes, Laura said. I wish I had brown eyes, Adina said. Maybe they were blue and they changed. Do you think our blue eyes could change? I'd love to have brown eyes too. Mama's greatest joy at my birth was that I was going to have brown eyes. She continuously, even when I was older, had to comment on my brown eyes. My good grades and good features were nothing. It was just my brown eyes that mattered. Maybe they were struck by lightning or maybe God struck. Oh, do you think Satan might have? Nah, they're too beautiful. The missionaries returned and brought even more and better news. Mrs. Larson, I can assure you, your daughters will marry rich husbands if you settle in the West. Women are scarce there and men have money. Brita turned to Lars. Did you hear that, Lars? I did. And Lars, they continue, we have a homestead act that will give you acreage of unoccupied public land on payment of a small fee, but you only have to pay it back in five years when you're making money. 
or you can buy land at a dollar an acre after six months' residence on the land. Residence in the celestial kingdom would be nice, but land at a dollar an acre? Now that was something to stand up and shout about. Could they do it, convert, move to America? Lars and Brita talked for hours, late into the night, everyone excited and anxious. They could talk of nothing else. But America was as far away as another galaxy, and Brita's family had always lived in Sweden. Some shirt-tail relatives said for a thousand years, and always they'd worked and died in these hills of Sweden, each generation barely scraping by. My grandparents lived in a two-room house about 20 by 12 feet with two windows. As the Swedish days were long and dark, Brita painted the walls with her seamstress money, bright orange, yellow, and red. At night, they usually fell asleep quickly as they were so tired and also to forget their hunger. During the summer, Lars worked in the field, while in the winter he chopped and sawed trees for Eric's mill. During the day, Brita also worked during the harvest in the field, as did the kids. In return, they were allowed to pick up the gleanings. Grandma Brita also washed clothes in the lake, carried water from the lake, and heated it over the fire to drink and bathe. She preserved whatever food she could in the summer for the winter months, but often had to ask her family for something to keep the kids from starving. On several occasions, desperate for her children, she begged Sir Eric for some food for the kids. He refused, telling her if he gave it to her, he'd have to give it to everyone in the village. So three of her children starved to death. Selma survived a particularly bad year because she was on breast milk. Brita curtsied to the great lady Samoria and bowed her head when the great lady spoke to her about her sewing, thrilled to be near and in the presence of someone so important. She moved quickly to do her lady's bidding, sometimes working all night to get a pleat, a gusset, a seam, just the way the lady wanted it. Were the missionaries making America sound too good? Was it true, all this stuff about the wonders of America? They'd been tricked before. Lars believed them, but then Brita's extended family insisted Lars was dumb, and if that wasn't bad enough, he was too trusting. Too much so, Brita's sisters claimed. Yeah, dumb as a stump, her brother said. Lars wasn't stupid, but worked so hard he never had much time to sit down and ponder the world. Hence, he gave the impression of being symbol-minded. He wished he could roll a smoke and think, but these missionary fellows held that smoking was against their beliefs, and he didn't want to jinx the whole shebang before it started. Had the missionaries exaggerated? Brita had to be a realist, the intelligent one, someone who kept their wits about them. We'll help with the passage, the missionaries offered. No, no, Lars said, we couldn't let you do that. Our pleasure, the church's pleasure. Repay us later. He had left the thinking up to Brita, but this was a major happening and must be thought through. Lars, we should go, Brita said firmly one night after the missionaries left. Halfway around the world, Mama, we can't even speak American. We go where speeds are, and we learn America. 
but the kids they good kids deserve better only poor relatives here we have to be brave sometimes lars then they would sit silent considering all the ramifications and the next night the tables would turn and it would be lars who would wax enthusiastic and brita who would drag her feet we can start a new life become rich mamma i don't know papa leave all the family we'll bring the family over when we become rich then they can become rich too brita bit her lip and stared out the window at the murky swedish evening at the icicles dangling from the eaves of the roof and dripping with the spring thaw okay lars we go another reason for going and probably a greater reason than they realized was the glasses brita took to the idea of mormonism than she might considering her lifelong lutheranism because she identified with joseph smith's need to wear spectacles in order to translate the golden tablets see papa i told you spectacles were magic she said when she heard about the giant spectacles joseph smith wore brita as a little girl was extremely nearsighted viewed the world through a cloudy blur until one unforgettable day a salesman gave her some classes to try on was that what the world looked like she couldn't believe it she was transformed ever since then she'd been convinced that glasses held magic now it was easy for her to understand joseph smith's apotheosis with glasses and his ability to read the golden tablets with them lars couldn't get over a dollar an acre for land actually it was a dollar 25 an acre but why quibble and he could homestead and keep all the crops it was better than coins dropping from heaven they converted to the church of jesus christ of latter day saints in the dead of winter many of the relatives in the small village also converted in order to be baptized lars and the missionaries had to break the ice on the lake as they had to be completely immersed they were dunked in the icy water and to completely covered and afterwards walked home in wet clothes with their clothes freezing to their body and after endless problems they sold everything boarded steerage lived in the hold got through ellis island traveled across the united states on the great northern and from seattle washington they made the trip by ferry to bellingham then the terrible shock what was going on this concludes chapter 2 you have been listening to frog spit written and read by jackie spanks this is retirement talk